Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. I truly hope these episodes and discussions are a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. I also hope that you have heard something during these episodes that's caused you to think about the deep things of your Christianity or the deep things about God and His Word. And hopefully something you've heard, some biblical truth, some discussion about God's Word has caused you to be more persuaded that he is able in your life. After all, that is the title of this podcast. That's the prayer behind this podcast is that you would leave each episode. You would leave each week after hearing 20 minutes, maybe 40 minutes of God's word and an impactful truth that encourages you. And you can leave saying, I am encouraged and I'm more persuaded that Jesus is able in my life. If you have any questions about God's word, if you have any questions about maybe what's going on in the world, feel free to message me, send those in to me, and I would love to answer them biblically on the podcast. Two weeks ago, we begun a little series on the role or the ministries of the Holy Spirit in and of our lives and what the scriptures have to say about the Holy Spirit. This is the third part of the Godhead. He is not any less than the other two, nor is he any more than the other two. And so we discussed the first week exactly who is the Holy Spirit. He is a person and he's fully God. Also that week we discussed his role in the Old Testament. Remember, he was not held back, just had different roles for the different age in which the Old Testament was. Then on part two, which was last week, we looked at the Holy Spirit in the Gospels or during the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how he aided in a lot of Jesus's miracles and he indwelled Christ, he anointed Christ, he helped Christ heal the blind. And so he had a lot to do during that time in scripture and in the life of our Lord. But also last week, we begun looking at the role of the Holy Spirit today or post Pentecost Holy Spirit, some like to call it. And that's really where the ministries of the Holy Spirit and the life of the Holy Spirit begins to take shape in our Bibles. After Pentecost is when we really see the Holy Spirit start working on on and in behalf of all believers in the church. And so we know his main ministries begin after Pentecost, and he truly has a lot of roles or ministries today in the life of the church, and I'm positive he's working in your life today if you're a believer. Last week we discussed the Holy Spirit and his indwelling of every believer, how the moment you place your faith and trust in Jesus, he comes on the inside of you to indwell, to live on the inside of you. So what a great truth that is that one third of the Godhead right now, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, is living on the inside of you. Also, we looked last week about him him sealing every believer. And so what a great truth that is as well to know that you, when you place your faith in Jesus, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And so he is the one that will keep you. He is the one that will secure you until the day of redemption, Ephesians tells us. So before you listen to this week's episode, which is the third part in this series regarding the Holy Spirit, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to weeks one and week two. 
That way you're fully aware of the Holy Spirit and all of his roles up until the one we're going to discuss today. That way you're caught up on who he is thus far, what he does, and you're not missing any truth about the Holy Spirit. Today we will pick up with another one of his current ministries, one that only is for the age of the church, the age in which we are right now. And so if you're saved today, if you're a Christian today, this ministry, this role of the Spirit applies to you right now. In fact, it's already taken place in your life, and it's an amazing truth. It's an amazing thing in God's Word to study out. And so the role we're going to look at today, and really it's going to take the entire podcast, and so we're going to look today at the Holy Spirit baptizing. The Holy Spirit baptizing. And so this is yet another ministry of the Spirit that is distinctive to this post-Pentecost age. The Spirit is in charge of baptizing all who believe into the body of Christ. His baptism is not of water, but it's of spirit. The baptism of the Spirit was not spoken of or predicted in the Old Testament like many of his ministries. We talked last week how the indwelling of the Spirit, it was spoken of, it was prophesied in the Old Testament, even the sealing of the Holy Spirit. But the baptizing of the Spirit was not spoken of until John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He writes, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so John the Baptist saying these words, saying, I'm not, there's one coming before me or coming after me, that's Jesus, and he's mightier than I. But then he goes on to say, you're going to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so this ministry was never experienced by anyone during the lifetime of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so while Jesus was on earth, while he was performing all of his miracles, while his ministry was to seek and to save that which was lost, the baptizing of the Spirit did not happen during the time of our Lord and Savior walking the, walking this earth, making it a post-Pentecost ministry once again. This ministry has very vital purposes inside of the church of Jesus Christ because this is the very ministry that adds people to the church or to the body of Christ. Since the body of Christ is only distinctive to this age, the church age, then the baptizing of the Holy Spirit would be distinctive to the church age as well. There is some confusion among believers regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to kind of talk about some of those here for the next few minutes. And so some hold to the idea that the church started with Abraham or with John the Baptist. And so if one believes that they are the beginning of the church, then they can have a very skewed view of the Holy Spirit and his baptism. And so if one believes that, then they will have a hard time grasping the idea, the need for the Spirit's baptism. These two ideas cannot be biblically correct simply because Jesus many times while on earth spoke of building his church. So if Jesus is saying the church has not been built yet, it could not have started with Abraham or even John the Baptist. And so when someone believes that the church began in the Old Testament or the church began during the life of our Lord uh, with John the Baptist, they have a skewed view of the church, which would give them the wrong interpretation of the spirit baptism that we, the church, receive. And so the church, in fact, it started with Jesus after his resurrection as he would build upon himself 
the church. After he would build upon himself after his death, burial, and resurrection, all those that have placed their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ. Another confusion among believers regarding the baptism of the Spirit comes with those that overemphasize water baptism. Some people completely forget about and never mention the baptism of the Spirit because all they discuss is water baptism, specifically baptism by immersion. And now water baptism has its place in the church. After all, Matthew 28, it is a command and an ordinance of Jesus Christ that we as believers should be baptized with water. It represents our old life being buried with Christ and us being risen to walk in the newness of life with Christ. And so we cannot forget about water baptism as well. And so in the future, we're going to do a whole podcast episode on water baptism and its role and its importance in the church for you as a believer. But we cannot overlook one baptism with another baptism. We must biblically view both of them as essential to the church. If we do not work in the church, to distinguish both baptisms, then the spirit baptism gets lost in our teaching and our understanding. And some disregard the baptism of the spirit completely and just refer to it as another way to talk about water baptism. When biblically, they are clearly two separate events, two separate things scripturally. Also, another confusion among Christian brothers and sisters is with different denominations. Some can add to the confusion of the baptism of the Spirit, claiming that this is a second blessing that is associated with speaking in tongues. And so certain denominations will say, not everyone is baptized with the Spirit. Not everyone receives this blessing of being baptized with the Spirit because they can't speak in tongues. And so that can also aid in confusion around this topic. And so we want to dive in biblically and just see what does Scripture say about the baptism of of the Spirit. And so whether one is confused regarding the baptism of the Spirit or one just does not believe in the baptism of the Spirit, that results in the same thing. One has a lack of understanding of this great biblical truth. And something that will aid in the Christian living a sold-out life to Christ is the baptism of the Spirit. And so Christ has called us to holiness. Christ has called us to live like he lived or to do our best as we walk and talk and read Scripture with him and try to live life like him. And so we cannot fully do that without understanding the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So it's vital that we understand this doctrine. So, number one, spirit baptism is experienced by all believers in the age of the church. Spirit baptism is experienced by all believers in the age of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 says this, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have been all made to drink into one spirit. Let me read the first part of that verse again. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. This verse is a central text in understanding the baptism of the spirit. This verse clearly states that all have been baptized just as all have been made to drink of the spirit through his indwelling. 
The fact that Paul wrote this to the Corinthians is a good indicator that the spiritual condition does not exempt people from receiving this blessing. If you study the context of Corinthians, Paul was writing to a number of different believers that had different backgrounds, different characters. And so Corinth had a number of different types of believers, some who were sold out to Jesus and some who were carnal in nature still. They had not embraced the newness of life of Jesus. And so Paul was clear that they all have received the baptism of the Spirit, and there is no indication in Scripture that a believer is awaiting his baptism. So like I said earlier, how some teach that the baptism of the Spirit is a second blessing blessing only reserved for a few, you don't find that in Scripture. You don't find there's people in Scripture waiting to be baptized of the Spirit. Therefore, indicating that all believers, all who have placed their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus have already been baptized by the Spirit. And we as believers have already experienced this ministry. And so also Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5, which is most likely referring to this ministry of the Spirit as well, it indicates that all believers have the same Lord, the same faith, and the same baptism, all which take place at salvation. We believe on the Lord, we place our faith in the Lord, and then the Spirit baptizes us into the body of of Christ. So some might ask, well, when does the baptism of the Spirit take place? Because as I said earlier, there are those that teach it's a second blessing and it happens after salvation. But much like the other ministries of the Spirit, one wants to know when does this take place in the Christian journey? And the answer is like sealing and indwelling, the answer is it occurs at salvation. If it were true that believers would be saved without being baptized, then we would have a group of Christians who were saved but not currently a part of the body of Christ. Baptism is the very ministry that joins a believer to the body of Christ. So if one could be saved without being baptized, we would have an out-of-the-body believer which is not biblical. We do not find that in Scripture. Also, because because it happens at salvation, it is never needed to be repeated in the life of a Christian. Many like to claim that Christians must must get rebaptized at a certain point in their Christianity by the Spirit, but that is not true. The baptism of the Spirit will never need to be redone saying you'll never need to be rebaptized. If the baptism would need to be repeated, then the believer would need to be detached from the body of Christ. And, and then they would have to be rejoined again to the body of Christ. And so as you study scripture, and as you as the saved person gets joined to the body of Christ, you never find an instance in scripture where believers are ripped away or jerked away from the body of Christ. And if someone would be removed from the body, then they would need a second baptism, which again, is not mentioned in scripture. You only find it mentioning this at the moment someone believes the ministry of the spirit baptizes them to connect them or join them with the body of Christ. And so there's a lot of benefits that, that come with being baptized by the spirit. And so, as I just said, it joins us to the body of Christ, which is the main role of the baptism of the Spirit, but it's a great truth for us as Christians. This is part of a great and convicting truth uh, for, for Christians. Being in his body or being a part of his body means we are risen with him to newness of life, and we should exercise our gifts to keep that body functioning 
properly. Being part of the body of Christ by the baptism of the Spirit is a great truth, but it's also a convicting truth. When we are studying this topic, the question that arises is, are you doing your part to keep the body functioning properly? Just like your human body right now, if your ear tries to be your mouth, your body would not function correctly. Or if your mouth stopped working, your body would not function properly. So is true when we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit. In essence, we are a body part, and we must do exactly what Christ has called us to do inside of this body. And if we're not doing our part, the rest of the body must work harder. And, and a part of the body is not working at all if you're not doing your part. So one part of the body is just not functioning if you as a believer are not doing your part that Christ has called you to do. So believer today, understand that you are completely connected to the body of Christ by the spirit that baptized you into the body. And right now, wherever you're at, whether it's at work, whether you're riding down the road, whatever you do for a living or whatever you do during your day, whether it's go to school or whether it's you're at the beach, you have a role to play in the body of Christ. And my question for you is, are you doing your part as a saved man or a saved woman? Are you doing your part to keep the body of Christ functioning properly and effectively during this day in which we live? Another part about being baptized into the body means that we are to keep the unity of believers because we are all part of one body. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5 in its context in that verse in that chapter there speaks of one baptism and keeping the unity among believers. We need to realize that we're all on the same team. Another Christian, another believer, they're not the enemy. Satan is the enemy. And so the body of Christ is made up of all people groups, shades of skin, languages. It's literally all believers are joined to one body, and that's Jesus. And Christ wants his body or his church to have unity among each other. And so the baptism is what helps us to keep that unity, helps the believer be unified together because we're all part of one body, not separate bodies. And what a vital truth for the day and age in which we live right now, where there's division on every front, where people are trying to exclude themselves from a certain group of people. We as Christians must understand biblically that's not the path or the plan or the will of God for us to be excluded from people, from other believers, because we're part of one body and we're joined to Christ by the baptism of the Spirit. And so moving on, this idea of being baptized into the body and knowing there is not a second baptism and it cannot be undone should give you today the greatest sense of security that you're in Christ and you're in Christ for eternity. And we've had a podcast episode regarding how a Christian cannot lose their salvation. And so a lot of people struggle with the idea of, am I still part of Christ? Well, if you can't be unbaptized and the baptism never needs to be redone, that should give you the greatest sense of security right now as a believer. You're in Christ for eternity. And lastly today as we close, it causes us to realize that we are associated with Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. That through his newness of life, we too have a new nature as a Christian. 
Understanding the baptism of the Spirit helps us to understand our separation from the world, our separation from the power of indwelling sin in our lives, and understanding that the baptism of the Spirit helps us to walk in newness of life, helps us to walk in the new nature that we are as a Christian. So child of God today, take this amazing truth and ministry of the Holy Spirit that has taken place in your life already if you're a believer and apply it to your life. It should encourage you as a believer. It should challenge you as a believer. But at the end of the day, it should cause you to be more persuaded that he is able in your life to keep you and to use you. Have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.